is Ironsides After Dark. Radio check. Copy. Loud and clear. Welcome to Iron Sights. This podcast candidly seeks to create opportunities and deliver impact by sharing the experiences and wisdom of successful entrepreneurs and thought leaders who unapologetically aim to win in health, fitness, business, and life. I'm your host, Scott Howell. Welcome to Old School Meets New School. Tradition meets innovation and imperfection meets excellence. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Iron Sights podcast. This, this is another episode of After Dark, and uh, I'm here with the uh, the beautiful Kaylee Gunner. Kaylee, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. Thank you. Uh, we got connected through um, some mutual friends, close mutual friends. Yes, the Cook Boys. Yeah, who were just on, so. They're amazing. If you need a good trainer, yeah. hit up the Cook Boys. Yeah, shout out to the Cook Brothers, man. Uh, body. Jordan and Jordan and, uh, and Callaway. Yeah. Uh, two of my very good friends love those guys mm-hmm. and uh, don't get to see them enough. But when they said, hey, we have this really, really great friend of ours that you should have on the show because she's got a really great story yeah. and uh, just generally a really great person. I was like, well, if you if you say so, guys. So, Thank you, like, guys. Yeah, I trust them 100 <laughs> percent. They lied to you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're going to find out. Right. Let's dig in a little bit. So yeah. the um, I guess just kind of jumping right in here, I, I, I don't know much about you. Right. And the only thing I really know is kind of what you've provided me in the short time that we've known one another, which is very short. Yeah. And there's not a lot of information you can gather from, you know, about your background and kind of where you're from because you're in the entertainment business. You're in the adult film business. Definitely. Yeah. So if you basically run a search or if I get into your, your Instagram or whatever, I'm seeing things that are very much about what I would consider the brand. Mm-hmm. Is that? Exactly. Yep. Okay. Um, I try to keep the, my military life completely separate, except the fact that I used that I was a machine gunner in the military. So I'm excited to be here and talk more about that because my fans don't hear about it a lot, honestly. Yeah. So let's, let's get into it. So let's, let's back it up even a little bit further then. So tell me about you, you, you grew up in the islands. I do know that, right? Yeah. So let's talk about that. Um, my parents were both in the service and the army and they ended up retiring in Hawaii. Okay. So I grew up on Oahu. It was an amazing experience. I definitely am spoiled. I definitely can't surf anywhere else. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, growing up there was, it was interesting. It definitely gave me an insight on different cultures and um, inclusiveness and just, I did skip school a lot though, growing up to go to the beach. So that's another reason I ended up in the military. <laughs> so I, so I lived in, um, I lived in Hermosa beach. For, oh, pretty. For, yeah. For a couple of years. And my daughter at the time was very young. She was okay. just turning like two and three years old. And, you know, we had neighbors and friends that had older kids and I literally lived like a block and a half back from the water. It was an amazing experience. If you've lived near the beach and I don't have to describe it to you, it just provides and so many different things. But what I did hear from parents that had older kids was that it's really tough just kind of in general to raise a kid, a a beautiful place like that. It's yeah. And honestly, the school systems um, over there aren't really, they're a little behind compared to the mainland. So, um, we you learn a little slower than most kids do so it kind of feels like a daycare Uh, when you're skipping class you don't really feel like you're skipping out on anything you're just kind of that's interesting yeah that's some tea well (laughs) i mean again huge distractions there i mean i'd want to be at the beach there every day Yeah, there's bus stops outside of every high school (laughs) so kids just hop on board with their bikinis and board shorts and head out yeah the teacher didn't cancel class today so i'm gonna go ahead and do it for 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so you're, you're growing up, you're growing up in, in, uh, on Oahu and, um, again, going back to sort of school and being a kid, I, I imagine that presents some other challenges too. I mean, it's Oahu's gorgeous. Most of us to live on the mainland would yeah. feel like we want to live there. We would want to be, we would want to grow up there, or, you know, get old and die there or whatever. Oh, definitely. But I can imagine it presents some challenges, particularly for a, a young girl growing up. Yeah, it, it wasn't easy. Um, uh, and especially like, um, the, there was a lot of racism out there too, just because I wasn't like Hawaiian or mm. other kids too. Um, like if you're Hispanic, it's just, you, you deal with that too as a young kid. Um, I was one of the only white kids in my school, actually, now that I think about it, which is crazy. That's interesting. <laughs> but it kind of opens your eyes up. So um, I'm very inclusive, like in the, my industry now, like there's so many different races and you just have to be super inclusive with everybody. So that that raised me up and gave me some good morals, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. You, for sure. You get exposure to things, particularly. That kids shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. But um, besides that, it's a beautiful place. The people are so kind and so sweet when you meet the right people, you know, and everyone is just like your family out there. So that was good. Um, it was different being a military kid for sure, though, because my parents like my dad was never home. Really, he was deploying or so growing up. I didn't really have my dad in my life until later on like high school. So I'm a I'm a dad. Yeah. And I've got, you know, stepdaughter and, and another and a 19 year old daughter. And I can tell you, I recognize how important it is for little girls to have their dads. Around. Father figure. Yeah, definitely. So when you're, you said both parents were in the service, what yeah. sort, what branch are we talking about? Um, army. Okay. And so they're both in the army. Now are you living on base or are you living off base? No, we lived off base. Um, my dad went through some things in the military that ended, he ended up having really bad PTSD. Mm-hmm. So we had to live as far away from any base as possible, but okay. He loves Hawaii and he'll, he'll be there forever as a surfer for sure. I'm sure. I mean, (laughs) taught me how to surf. That's what I'd be doing every day if I was there. Have you taught your daughters how to surf? Do you go I got one that doesn't want to have anything to do with it. Um, she, she thought she did. And then the the younger one, she's a little bit more out there. She's a little bit more ready, ready to go. Uh, I took her, took her out with the, um, the body boards, you know, the boogie boards and kind of just kind of get started there. She's Uh, the younger one. Yeah. She's, she's nine. She's about to be 10, but um, if you ever can go out in the water together, catching a wave together is like a different connection. uh, You know what it's so here particularly. So we went through when we were going through the COVID thing. Yeah. um, I don't spend enough time by the beach. I love the beach. Okay. And, and I don't spend enough time there, but during COVID I own a gym. We were shut down. It's California. Yeah. And so we were trying to get out kind of as much as we could, but everybody else was going there too. So that, that was kind of one thing. Yeah. Um, and then by the time I kind of got around to, okay, we're making it over here often enough or frequently enough. It's time to buy a board again and yeah, yeah. get this thing going. No shit. We started, we, we got, I probably bought the board a week before the big CZU fire started up in Santa Cruz and basically shut down the entire area. And it wasn't too long after that, actually, where we were able to open up this outdoor gym that was like just down the street from us. Cause we, so we could operate, we'd been working on it for months and we finally got it going. Then after that, I just kind of, kind of lost some steam and didn't get out anymore. And so I haven't been over there as much and you're right. I need to get out there and I need to take it. It's like therapy. (laughs) It really is. Yeah. Connecting with nature is is that for me. You jumped on the train with the um, outdoor gym situation you have to right or what do you do we were fortunate i feel blessed that we had the opportunity to do that um not everybody did Mm -hmm. we don't have any space here at the gym 
like with on, on our property to be able to operate that way. Yeah. And so there's a parking lot that belongs to the city that's attached to the local um, LGBT, LGBT uh, community center, which is literally yeah. like, I want to say 50 yards from our door. Oh. And so in working with the president of the community center, she, she was awesome. And she really advocated, advocated for us yeah. at the city level. And we were able to kind of take over the parking lot. We put up, Put up some equipment, erected like a um, like a jungle gym or a, a rig or whatever. Okay. And, and we did operate. We operated there until February of 2021. Okay, wow. Uh, and it was hard. It was a crazy time. I just got out of the army right before COVID hit. So I was jobless and living in Airbnbs out here trying to find an apartment during the beginning of the pandemic. And it was scary out here. It was nuts. I mean, we were... The, there was riots too with the... Um, the BLM and all that. And I, I had to leave. I went home to family for a little bit. It was just wild. Look, I, I don't blame you. I was just covering this part kind of with a, with one of my other sort of a co-host on, yeah. on, on the show JP. And we were talking about that cause it, I live down here. Yeah. I live blocks from literally a big city block from here. And yes, the riots were happening. It got nuts. It was a miserable time. And this is yeah. one of the, you know, in terms of restrictions, this was one of the most restricted counties in the entire state and, yeah. and gyms and salons and, you know, a few other places were very, very hard hit. So it was very hard yeah. during those times. And so I think just going back to connecting with nature and being out on the water or camping oh, or yeah, hiking, hiking and just being mm-hmm. outside, going out with the bow. There's a documentary about when the pandemic started and there's like the birds are out chirping and like the nature just like picked up a lot more when we weren't out destroying. It's it. like an energy, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. And the, exactly. And the, the, it was interesting how many people got either connected with it or yeah. reconnected with it. I did a lot of traveling during that time, actually. Yeah. CC and I were traveling kind of all over by road as far as we could get away for a few days at a time. Okay. And we were seeing like national parks and um, going just to go places that we hadn't been before. And, so was everybody else. Yeah. Um, and while I was a little bummed by that, cause it was like, we went to Zion in, um, in uh, Utah and Bryce Canyon on one of these trips, walked into Zion and it was like Disneyland down there. It was wow. that many people. Wow. It was like, it almost ruined the experience, but then you get back in there and you're like, you know, looking around and yeah. it's, it's amazing. But, but the, isn't it crazy? The pandemic just like changed so many people's lives. I mean, it's very sad. There were a lot of deaths, but also it pushed people out of their comfort zones. I feel like thousand percent. I know it lit a fire under my ass. I've made a brand out of nothing. Right. So. And so many people have, you know, made those decisions and you're seeing the, the effects of people maybe that didn't make those decisions and like are now they're They were thinking, well, this is going to be over soon. Yeah. And you know, I'll just go back to the way it was, but things aren't the way they were. No. And yeah. they're quitting their jobs and they're not sure they're lost kind of on their, mm-hmm. their journey or their path. And, uh, yeah. So I reconnected with nature and yeah, kind of got real focused and, um, yeah, made something out of nothing at the time and yep. tried to keep the thing alive. And like so many other people did. We were resilient. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It, it t- taught you. It definitely taught people that it also taught people a lot of other things, unfortunately, that I don't think were as, as valuable, but resiliency is, yeah, it's a perfect word. You either are, or you aren't. Exactly. But those in those situations will help you with that. But let's um let's circle back to Hawaii real quick and you know, you're sort of growing up there and talk about the the growing up as a military brat, if you will, because yeah. that's significant in terms of some decisions that you made in your life. So and you mentioned some things about your dad there about having some PTSD and I just wonder if you might be able to talk a little bit more about kind yeah. of what mom and dad did in the service. and I probably because it it absolutely influences or influenced 
you know, kind of next steps in your life? Yeah. Um, my parents really, so we're kind of pushing the military thing on me, but I was spoiled in Hawaii and I thought we had it all together. So I was like, I don't have to worry about school. My parents are going to give me their GI bill. I don't have to pay for college. I really got a big head on my parents being in the military, but um, my dad was struggling a lot with PTSD. So um, there's only so much you can do when you live with someone like that. So my senior year, my parents split and my world like crashed because we were broke and wow. living in two small incomes. Because when you retire from the military, you don't get paid a lot, right. honestly. So, um, but my, let's go back. Sorry, I love to go off topic. So just feel <laughs> free right. to. We'll try to steer this thing around. <laughs> but my, uh, my mom, she was a sergeant. She got out as a sergeant like I did five years in the army. Okay. Um, she was one of the first female airborne airborne females in North Carolina. Wow. Um, yeah. So she's pretty she, much a badass. Yeah, she's a badass. I'm not brave enough. I didn't go airborne, but I wish I did. I kind of regret that. But Good for her. Yeah. Um, and then my dad, he was definitely a hero, um, special ops, uh, worked with Delta Force. And he did a lot of shit that I can't talk about. I'm about. sure he did. <laughs> it definitely screwed him up a lot. So um, he deserves all the disability that he can get. Uh, you know, I... It's finally, I think, being talked about. You got so many ex-war fighters that came back, and people that I mean, Delta is the that is the A plus team. Yeah, right. I mean, you've got you certainly have teams within the teams, right? But yeah. when you're talking Delta, you're talking like the, the Navy SEALs, basically. Yeah, you're not a human; you're a weapon. One thousand percent. It's it's wild. I've had enough conversations with with guys that came out of. I don't have a military background, but I've had enough yeah. conversations with them. And I've had conversations with some of their family members to understand how devastating those experiences, you know, were and are mm -hmm. and the challenges that they have coming back being that basically being programmed. And I, I it's almost, I don't want to talk about this word. They're almost dehumanized. Yes, exactly. They're turned into kind of this. Uh, it definitely takes someone who's also, I think, a, like an adrenaline junkie. Because once you get away from deployment and come home, you're kind of like, "What's the point of life? I need to go back." Yeah. And how do just, you? They don't want to stay home, and that's why I kind of grew up a little bit without, without dad. Yeah. Yeah. How do you? How do you come back from being on the front lines, high speed, constantly adrenaline, adrenaline rush, just cortisol, adrenaline, cortisol, and then they're like, adrenaline. "Here's all this time off," and then you're sitting on your couch watching TV after going through all that with your boys and like all the weapons. It's like. I couldn't imagine what yeah. that was like for you. Oh yeah, you know, and having maybe feeling like maybe dad's choosing this over us, or choose and and your mom for that matter, you know, yeah, and, yeah. And, and being in that situation. So, you know, as you took me joining the military to understand though. Now I like me and my dad. He's my best friend. Before we weren't very close, but now I, I can't live without him. Like, but it took that for me to understand what he went through. You know. So let's talk about that. So you, you graduate high school, I yeah, assume. Yeah. So I graduated high school. We actually moved um, to some random, and I was this girl living in Hawaii, ditching school for the beach every day, but we had to move away from my father. He, he started actually, I'm very proud of him. He started a marijuana business, but my mom didn't want that gotcha. happening around us as kids. Didn't approve. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and, and marijuana is actually really great for PTSD, actually, now that I think about it. But anyway, um, we moved away to some really small hick town in Ohio um, near my mom's family so we could finish high school there. Um, wow. How yeah. about culture shock? I know. So I, I made it six months there and I was like, I can't do this. And as soon as I graduated high school, the day after I went and moved in with my dad back to Hawaii, but I kind of had to take care of him. Um, he definitely, the military, when they medicate you, they give you way too much, I think, than what you really need. Mm. 
So he started, um, with, he had addiction issues and just with the PTSD. It's a common tale. Yeah, yeah. So I helped, I moved in and tried, basically took care of him um, for a year. And that's when I was like, okay, I need to change what I'm doing and join the military because I can't take care of my dad forever and be a waitress. Like I was, I was literally paying okay, bills. That's what you were doing. Yeah. So that kind of helped me grow up really quick though and mature and realize, okay, stop wasting time. You're never going to be able to afford college like this. You need to go and join the military like your parents did. Yeah. So uh, you join the military, you're, you're living in Hawaii. You join the military, you don't stay in Hawaii if you join the army. Nope. So, um, <laughs> so, so again, culture shock, I'm sure. Tell us yeah. about that. Oh man. Okay. So, um, my mom ended up moving to Florida, getting away from Ohio. She could see that her kids didn't want to live in a small town like that. So she kind of moved away for us to hoping we would come back home. Cause my brother ended up moving to Hawaii too. We just missed it so much. Okay. So we both moved back with my mom. That's where I joined the army and okay. went to this thing called MEPS where you just basically get in, mm-hmm. um, and do all the paperwork and everything. And, um, yeah, it, a lot but um after that uh i got stationed i was supposed to be stationed in korea and i told my dad about it and he knows the general of hawaii the commanding general of the army in hawaii Mm -hmm. so he did a little email and my i come downstairs um and my sergeant at the time is like um sergeant you're actually or i was a private at the time private you're going to hawaii now so my dad kind of threw his hand into my career, I feel like, but I respect it and I'm very grateful that I ended up in Hawaii. Okay. So I got a couple of questions here. One, you join the military, you go through MEPS and then you're, you wind up. So you're, there's boot camp. Oh right? yeah. I skipped there's, all that. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, let's, yeah, let's talk about <laughs> let's that. Back. And and then I want to talk about that, the influence that dad had and whether that you think that was a positive or negative thing. Don't answer that. Yet. Okay. All right. Okay. But um, anyway, but that's important stuff we need to talk about. Yeah. So let's, so you, you show up there. Yes. I mean, were you ready? No. Oh, I, I would, I trained myself. So, um, actually I'm very proud of it. While I was in the army, I had the highest physical training score out of the men and women. No shit. Out of my, um, out of girl. Yeah. So I, I was, I had a lot of coins and words for that. So I'm very proud of that. Um, but I trained myself before I went to get, try to get in because I was like, this is my only chance at a new life. So I'm going to work my ass off and be the best I can be. And I'm, going to be taken seriously, even though I'm a blonde girl Go from Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, so, and there might've been, was there, let me ask you, I mean, was there like, look, my parents are, are military. Obviously you're probably going, I got to make, you said like, I have my to dad, make my I parents to make pr- him pr- yeah. proud. Right. Yeah. But was there pressure there as well? Or were you feeling like when you were there that you might've been looked at differently because of that? Both. Um, I was pressured just because of who my, my, what my dad did for America. I was like, okay, I have to make him proud. And then also, I'm a blonde. Um, I'm not very book smart. I mean, if I applied myself, I could be, but, um, but coming into that situation, I got you. So, um, I just wanted to be taken seriously. I didn't want to be shit on in the military basically. Um, and my dad told me, he's like, just play the game. Like, just don't speak, Mm. don't cause attention to yourself. And then you'll go far and do the work. Yeah. Do the work and be the best that you can be at whatever you do. So, which is the motto. Yeah. So you're, um, you're, you're training to get ready for that. So I just ran every day to push-ups and sit-ups, whatever the physical training right. thing or physical training requirements were. I was like, I'm going to exceed it just in case. So when I get there, I'm extra prepared. So I made sure I was out pushing the standard and out sit-upping and out running the standard. 
So when I did arrive, they were like, holy shit, this girl can fucking run. <laughs> so this work <laughs> ethic starts early, at, you know, yeah. in terms of your military career. Uh, motivation. I think anyone who kind of comes from like a, a place and they're, they're like, okay, I need to get out of this. They're, they're motivated to work hard and bust their ass to get what they want. You, you just know? hadn't been, been in that situation until you had to go back and take care of your dad. Yeah. That's what it took for me to, and my parents splitting. That was honestly a blessing in disguise for all of us. I think uh, wow. Yeah. Wow. my parents are very happy apart too. So it worked out. That's, that's, yeah, that's good. Yeah. I mean, so I went in and um, there was a point where you had to uh, choose your career in the military and my mom and dad, my dad actually flew out and came with me to MEPS to help make sure no one tried to screw me over and give me a cooking job. This is so important. Like this is, I hear this advice all the time being given, you know, to, 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 to young people getting in, like yeah. you need to take an advocate with you Yeah. to, to make Maybe sure a veteran or someone who somebody that gets it. Yeah. I've heard this and a lot. And they just want to fill slots. Honestly, I, I'm not, I'm never going to trash talk the military the military is the best thing i've ever done in my life it literally saved my life but um they a lot of people are who are recruiters they get paid based on how many people they can bring into the military right. so they just want to fill slots and the army is like well we need more cooks so they're like okay well these are the only jobs available that's not true right like you guys are full of shit that's not so my parents came and they i didn't know that at the time until i had got in and learned you know so they came and um the uh, the guy the sergeant there was like you know, um, you could be the first combat engineer in the army, the first female combat engineer, and we'll give you a twenty thousand dollar bonus. What What does a combat engineer in the army do, Kaylee? <laughs> they are in the field twenty four seven, eating shit basically, right? yes, yeah. in the rain. Um, and my mom was like, you know, you want to go to college, right? She's like, you need a, a admin job. Like that sounds really lame, and we know you like physical training and to push yourself, but. If you want to go to school part time and get knock out your degree while you're in, you need an admin job, like somewhere you're working at a desk, treat, set hours. Right. They're treating this like a business. You should be treating it like a business too. Yeah. So oh. they kind of, my dad kind of pressured the sergeant to show us that there were way more jobs available. It's a fine pressure. <laughs> I, the doors were closed and I had to leave, but I went in and he was very, he was very confident that there were other jobs all of a sudden. I love that shit. All buttoned up. And, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, um, yeah, so I go in and he's like, well, we have a, a human resource job. And I remember I was so, like, sad. I just wanted to make my dad proud and do something, like, different. So, but they, my dad even was like, you'll be dumb if you don't take that job. Like, that's the bread and butter of the Army. You'll, you'll be able to see all the open assignments. You can see basically all the admin on anyone in the military. So, and I'll have time for school. So, I just trusted him and I took the job. And I'm so thankful I did. I ended up getting assigned as a machine gunner for a combat unit. So I got to do badass shit too, even though I okay. worked in an office. So it all worked out. So let's time this out. So you go into this admin job. Defi yeah. let, talk to me about what the admin looks like for you on a day-to-day. -day. What's the day-to-day -day look like? Uh, like slotting, like combat um, power, um, how many soldiers might be injured and undeployable versus um, who is deployable. Just like it depends really where you're stationed because each duty station, you might have a different type of HR position okay. um like for the combat unit it was all about combat power like the colonel only cared about which guys can deploy which guys can't. do we have enough people yeah. to fulfill the slots if yeah. we don't where are we going to get them from job like the cooks the infantry the scouts like every position you can think of the fuelers and so it's a lot of pressure but um it, it was worth it yeah so then there's this other side though when you go in that you qualify right um and again, you just said you qualified as a machine gunner. Yeah, Talk yeah. about so that. There's all kinds of, you know, even though you might be a, we call it um, a 
I think it's called a pogue. <laughs> it's like a paper pusher. Right. Even though you are one, you still have to be able to deploy and pick up a fight weapon just and like fight. anyone can. Right. Um, so yeah, we, uh, I, I was great at qualifying on my regular M4 and M16, just cause like I said, I want to make my dad proud. So, um, he's Did a he sniper. So he taught, he would take he me to the range. He was a sniper for yeah. Delta Force. <laughs> he was special ops working with Delta Force. Got you. But he would still have to do all the training they did. But he brought me to the range as a kid in Hawaii. And it was really fun. Um, the kind of ranges he would bring us to weren't the target ones. It was the ones where you have um, little statues that right. you would shoot. So you got you steel. You had to be very like efficient with the little tiny statues. But it trained me so well because I was doing headshots and all my qualifications it, i was killing it so you're killing it from a physical fitness perspective right yeah yeah, yeah. you're smart because you kind of understand the game that they're playing yeah. right so you're not getting yourself into trouble you're staying under mm -hmm. the radar except when you're qualifying or you're having to perform and you go out on the range and you're you're killing it just up be too. good at whatever you do in the military and you will go so far and also they do favor colonels you know especially combat units they favor people who are efficient on their weapon and can train. That's mostly what they care about. You can be as dumb as rocks, but if you can push and you can um, shoot, then you're like the star, basically. So I learned that early. So I just maintained my physical training scores and my qualifications, and eventually they made me a machine gunner. Uh -huh. So I got to be up on the vehicles, and it was really cool. I did go to the field a lot, though, so I kind of got the shit end of the stick in the rain all the time with both <laughs> my guns, like barely able to carry oh, them. Oh, your rifle. Your, your, I had to have both, yeah. yeah your M4 Plus. And all the um Yeah, so let's talk about belts. that. Yeah, let's talk about this this machine gun. So you qualified yeah, on which? 240. The 240. Gun? So this is a 7.62 um Belt fed machine gun. Uh huh. It's so for people gun. that don't know what that is, yeah. this is a badass motherfucker. Yeah. This is it can be shoulder fired, but you don't necessarily want to be doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I like laying down with it a right, lot. It's got a bipod. Yeah, I was actually better on the machine gun than I was the M4 M16. It was. It's just you don't have to be so um, efficient with it. It's just kind of bursts in right. a way, you know. Right. It was so fun though. I'll never be able to do that probably again. No, in my probably not. Life. So I'm probably really, not. yeah, really thankful. Well, well, there are events actually you can go out to. I've actually been a part of a, f a few where on, on occasion, not in the state of California, okay. you have to leave the state, but you can go out and they'll, you know, they have, they have some of these these military grade weapons cool. that you can kind of experiment on. I have not do done that. this yet, but yeah, I've yeah. Seen, my friends have had opportunities that live here in the state to go to the other oh, places and do this. This isn't like one of those funky like ranges you can go to like in Las Vegas or Arizona or whatever, where you can, you can shoot whatever you want. Yeah, out there. They got yeah. everything out there, but you know where they have people that are trained and will yeah. take you through it and you can actually do some stuff. But if go you're on. a weapons junkie, then it's like a high for you. When totally. You get to do it. Yeah. And again, people would be like, that's just weird. Why'd you want to do it? Well, until you've experienced it, mm -hmm. you know, don't knock it till you tried it. Exactly. But going back to this weapon. So yeah, you've got a, you've got a fairly sizable weapon. This is not a, this is a true sense. This is a machine gun. Yes. This And it's, can be mounted uh -huh. on a vehicle. That was the best sitting in your swing. Like <laughs> it was so fun just doing circles, shooting it, but you know, we, we trained and it right. wasn't all fun, but it was cool. Yeah. So you get an experience that not everybody, not every infantryman you yeah. know, gets to, gets to experience. Yeah. And they chose me for it because, um, that they, it was all strong guys that did it because you have to be able to carry it and run with it. And all, you can't put your weapon down. Like you need it by mm -hmm. you all the time. So they're like, oh, she's strong. She scores like the, one of the highest. So now she's a machine gunner. <laughs> but I'm very thankful. Like, who knows? I wouldn't have never been able to do that. Like I said, you had a guy here that worked here at the gym for, for several years. One of my, just one of the 
best guys I've ever met. He yeah. was uh, he was Army as well, and he carried the two forty nine. Um, and okay. he was deployed a couple times Afghanistan, and just going back to kind of the size of this weapon and the physical preparedness that you have to have for yeah. it. You're carrying you're carrying these belts right with all uh-huh. the ammunition on it. So you're you're not only carrying your own gear. Right. And, you know, if you're in the infantry and carrying an M4, you're carrying your extra magazines, you're carrying your ammunition, whatever else that you're carrying with you. You're carrying that plus yeah. the the 240 um, ammunition. And if they have, want you to carry your M4 with you also. Right. For, I don't know why, but <laughs> some, I mean, some I, do. I can tell you this kind of this messed him up physically over time, hiking and humping yeah, that thing yeah. all over the country out there. Mm-hmm. Messed up his back and his hips. Rocking. Pretty well. yeah. Um, yeah. But it helped me. I was one of the I was one of the first people done with my ruck march usually because I was so used to carrying all this weight. So when we only had to carry like 30 pounds on, in a ruck, I was like. This is because yeah. I carry usually two weapons with me. So I was like the first person done. It, everything I feel like just worked out for me in the military. Like it all kind of fell into place. So know? I got questions about, you know, you mentioned, you know, kind of going to the going into the military, maybe not so book smart, but knowing the knowing the game a little yeah, bit and, yeah. and how to get smarter, yeah. you know, uh, through the through the process. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you point blank. How is it being, you know, and you mentioned this a couple of times, how is it being the blonde girl from Hawaii, you know, in the army yeah, and going through all this training and probably you're probably getting, you know, heads turning, not because of how you look, but but the fact is you're performing. Yeah. Yeah. So are you, how are you being treated? Are you being treated differently than other people? Uh, For sure. So the way the military looks at it though, is if it doesn't, they're, don't see gender. They're like, if you're a female, you better be able to carry a man across the fucking field. Like in case you have to do that in battle, like you have to be able to do everything a man can do. But, um, definitely guys saw that as attractive. And, <laughs> um, I was living in the, you know, the barracks, like they're kind of like dorms. Basically I was the only female in my barracks. No way. Yeah. So it was like 60 guys in one building and then just me and we all shared laundry. They would steal my panties out of the laundry and shit. Yep. So wait, is that just because there were that few females on the base? I was in a combat unit, so it was mostly infantry men. Got you. Um, and at that time while I was in females couldn't be infantry. So I was, I think right before I got out, they allowed females to go to ranger school and be infantry and all that. So, so you qualified as a machine gunner, which puts you in the barracks with the infantrymen. Well, if you're, um, underneath. So if you're not a staff sergeant and that's like the sixth rank, I'm still a private gotcha. right, coming in. So, um, that's when you get pay basically to move off post. And so until you reach that point, which can be like six, seven years down the road, you're in the barracks unless you're married. So look, I was 18, 19, 20 years old once. I was a real piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I was some. probably a real asshole back yeah. then. I mean, I like to think I'd, you know, I, I treated people fairly and politely and whatever else, but, yeah. but, uh, I know what I was doing then. I know what I was yeah. thinking then. I mean, how was that? It was crazy because, you know, some people coming in were like 25, 26. I don't, I don't know what the age cutoff is for joining the military, but there were some old people who were privates. And it was weird because it's like, you're older, but I'm outranking you. So in the barracks, there were older men. There were younger, like 18-year-old kids out of high school. People, you know, I feel like... Um, there can be good and bad people in the military for sure. Absolutely. Just it's like, like anywhere. Yeah. Just like anywhere. You never right. know. Um, but uh, it's just about how you handle them and you need to know the right people to be around. But, you know, in the barracks, I couldn't really control that because I'm kind of stuck. That's my home. You right. Know? Um, you so I actually ended it. up getting married 
after knowing someone for a few months. As of as <laughs> playing a means, the game because you felt like that's what you needed to do to get out of the barracks. Yes, I didn't want. I had too many sexual harassment issues, and I didn't want to be the girl who ended up getting raped or something. So I was like, okay, you know what? Like I could hold my own. I'm strong, mm-hmm. but there's going to be a point where some who knows. There's all kinds of different people who could have had felonies, or you never know who's you're living next to, next door to. Um, if I had a boyfriend and, you know, I was having sex, of course, um, they would be filming it, my noises and everything. So that's the turning point when I was like, I, I got to get out of here. Out. Yeah. I got to get out of here. So, um, I met a guy and he wouldn't date me, pissed me off. So I married his best friend. <laughs> Wait, so stop for a second. <laughs> that's yeah. great. So, all right. So, the ultimate uh, I mean, you're dealing with dudes, right? And dudes can be awful, right? Yeah. It can be the same on the other end, but you're dealing with a bunch of dudes that can be awful, right? So what, what I, what I understand is what you just described is yeah. actually common practice. You know, you as a as a female, particularly, yeah. uh, I got to get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit about safety. It's a little bit just about quality of yep. life. And in, as a result, you know, divorce rates are very, very high and abuse rates are very, very high. And there's yes. all this stuff that goes on there. Yep. So talk about that. So, so sorry, you said uh, you met a guy, you, he wouldn't date you. So you married his best friend. How did all this work out? Talk, talk me through this. Oh, man. Okay. Um, yeah, I was uh, dating this, this cutest guy in like our brigade and I was okay. like, he's the one I want. So when he didn't want me back, um, we dated for a couple like months. Um, I got close to his best friend who was also very attractive and I convinced him, you know, we're dating. So marriage is like basically the same thing, but we would get to live off post. And I kind of convinced him to go to Starbucks with me and sign some papers. And oh, we just shit. ripped it off like a band aid and got married and ended up. In a house with two dogs and <laughs> played base? the game. Uh, no, we were off. We got f- as far away from base as possible um, and got a really nice place, actually. I can't even believe I was living in Hawaii That's in a beautiful great. luxury. Yeah, it was crazy. But um, we, I was in love with him at the time, like a boyfriend. But, um, yeah, we were together for two years. Yeah. And so did he get deployed? Uh, no, 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 no. He was a mortarman, though. He he was a, he was badass, like one of the strongest guys. But um, we surprisingly my unit never deployed while I was there, but we trained so much trained like, all, the time. all the time in the field, which is surprising that we never deployed. What, yeah. What year is this by the way? So uh, when did I join 2015? Um, and then I got married in 2016. So I was in for almost a year. Before well, I, you're in, I mean, there's some hot shit going on over in Afghanistan at that point. Yeah. So. And Korea. And we were Pacific, Pacific command and Trump was president. Right. So we were all worried. Because, High alert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because um, we were the ones who would go, but we didn't end up going. So, it worked out. Yeah. I mean, for, I wish for I do worse. wish I did, but then you see people who come back fucked up and you're like, okay, maybe I'm lucky, yeah. you know, but you know, you join because, and you train because that's the serve. end goal is to go. And there are guys who get disappointed when they don't deploy, you know, and that they'll stay in for like 20 years, just hoping that they get a deployment. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right. So you get married Yeah, you're with this guy for two years. I didn't tell my dad or nobody. No way. Yeah. Until I got divorced. <laughs> and then, <laughs> all right so how do you keep that as well is it because you're not really talking to your dad anyway was well it, no, no no we were close now i was in the military and he got me moved to hawaii okay, okay, remember? Gotcha. okay so um i'm there and i would go over to his house all the time for dinner bring my boyfriend who was my husband uh, and yeah and we would just play boyfriend and girlfriend but we really were we just had a certificate that said gotcha. we were married. you're married yeah mm-hmm which affords you some things, right? Obviously being living off base. Yeah. And honestly, like you don't get paid a lot in the military. So we were 
we had like no furniture, but we lived in a really nice apartment. Yep. So you had a little bit better quality of life. A little bit, yeah. All right. Wow, that's, that's an interesting story. All right, yeah. so uh, how does it all end? Man, so, oh, he gets um, he gets in trouble. So he ended up, I didn't know, but the day before, or the day after we got married and we signed the papers, we went out and partied and celebrated with our friends. Well, his friends, mostly. He had a lot of guy friends in the, mil- or in the military. I mostly had friends from high school still in Hawaii, right? Still there, right. Yeah, but- so I didn't really mess with the guys and hang out with them too much. But... Um, one of the guys ended up doing cocaine in a parking lot and we were near a base and some military police saw them together with doing this mm-hmm. drugs in the parking lot. And I'm in the car waiting for my husband thinking we're about to drive home, thinking he's peeing. Right. And then, um, and they're very strict on drugs in the military. Yeah, like, it's, it's no, zero tolerance. Yeah. You're out. So, um, and I, I had a high, um, even though I was still, a, I was a specialist at the time, so I wasn't a sergeant, like I wasn't in a leadership position. I still worked with like next to the colonel That's doing not paperwork. Good. That's uh, a, bad a bad look. look on me. It's a bad look. And yeah. for them, if they keep you around. Yep. Yeah. So um, I was involved because I was near them in the car waiting for him. So I, I still had to be processed and everything, but we did urine tests and mine came back negative, obviously, because right. um, so I didn't know I married a, someone who does drugs does, does and was dealing. And yeah. Dealing even. Yeah. I oh, found out he was hiding it in my house. Holy Crazy, shit. That's right? a whole Yeah, layer. yeah. And my dad was, you know, a, he was dealing with addiction at the time. So it was all like awful. <laughs> I'm like, wow. who did I just marry? Like I just signed papers with some stranger basically. Yeah. So that was a mistake on my end. You don't marry someone I, after two months. <laughs> I guess I'm not too surprised, but at <laughs> the karma. same time, that's a, that's a tough thing to deal with. Yeah. So that, a lot of these things helped me mature so easy though. Like I'm very strict now with dating and like. I barely date now. Um, I'm very focused on my brand. But um, yeah, so he ended up going through, he kind of, I think he lied to me and kind of was trying to say like, oh, our urine tests got mixed because mine came back positive, but his was negative, but he was the one who did drugs. Jesus. Yeah, so I kind of, um, I knew the colonel and I was fighting for him just to be able to stay in and showing him like all the regulations saying like, you have to lock up the urine in a a safe for this many hours and then turn it in. It it was in someone's closet for a month and they didn't do, follow the procedures. And I'm HR, so my husband, I think, kind of like used that to his advantage and was like, you should go, you know, help me fight for this because look at the regulation says this. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I was in love and I was, I'm very loyal. Like I'll fight for someone, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I kind of fought for him to stay in, but he ended up getting kicked out. And that was the moment when he realized in his head, like I have to go home and go back to my old life in the oil field. And mm-hmm. so he kind of, uh, I took him to the airport. I thought we were going to go to a new duty station together. Cause my time was ending. You only have a certain amount of years right. in some duty stations. So, as my time was coming to an end, I was like, hey, let's go to California. I see this open slot for my position for Monterey, California. Okay. And he's like, oh, yeah, um, drop me off at the airport and then I'll go home and talk to my parents and then um, try to like figure out my next steps. So I drop him off at the airport and then I never hear from him again. Wow. And he has a baby with another woman. And then I'm... Uh, Okay. About thinking things, about yeah, things escalated my next right steps in life. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Crazy story. Anyway, that's a little wild. Yeah, there's, a, there's a lot there. So you've so, experienced a lot by the time you're, I mean, how old are you when all yeah, this is Yeah, I'm ever? like, I'm only 21. I'm yeah, just able to drink. Here, yep. Cheers. cheers. <laughs> so, wow. Okay. So we're, we're, oh, so, did, so did you get the, 
You got the transfer to Monterey. Yeah, yeah. I was like, fuck this. If this guy's going to fucking leave I'm me out. high and dry yeah. after I put my whole career on the line good to save you. him. Yeah, good for I you. I was like, he doesn't deserve me. So I, um, I ended up taking the transfer to Monterey. I had to extend my time in the Army a little longer. I was only supposed to be in for like four and a half years, but you have to do a full year at a duty station. So I extended a couple months, but... Um, I was like, California's the perfect place for my next steps because I knew when you're coming in, I wanted to go to college. I didn't want to stay in the army forever. That was the, that was the, the that plan. was the whole plan. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, it was kind of a blessing in disguise that we ended up separating, but I was like, we're not going to get divorced yet because I'm not going back to the barracks. So I kept them. We didn't even talk, you know, he just left. You're so married. That's, married. That's, that's what, that's all so they I, need to know. Yep. So I go to Monterey, um, and I get my own apartment set up and this is my first time living on my own, obviously, because it's yeah, you went from my husband. house, barracks, or yep. home, barracks, then husband, right? Yeah. So I go to Monterey. It's a completely different world over there. Oh, like yeah. after the combat unit though, and being a machine gunner, I felt like this was cake, right? But getting there, I learned it's a non-deployable place because it's a language institute for yeah. all the branches. Like I have the Air a family Force member Navy. that went yep. there, yep. And so you can't as cadre, I was cadre, you, you're not supposed to deploy either. So um, while everyone's in school, I was doing HR for all the students, in-processing them into the school, out-processing out them, um, handling any legal issues, things like that. So it was a whole different HR job for me too. Um, it wasn't about combat strength. It was a whole different world. Right. But I come in and um, I decide, okay, my mom got out as a sergeant. I have a year left. I want to go become an NCO, a non-commissioned officer, and be a sergeant okay. before I get out. That was like a big goal I had. So I ended up going to this school called Basic Leaders Course, and I stuck with the really smart kid, and we ended up being the top two um, to graduate our class. You don't fuck around. Like, if you set <laughs> your mind to something, you're doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I found the smartest nerd, and I stuck with him, and... Smart. Eventually he found out I wasn't a nerd though, because I made some boob joke and he got offended. So <laughs> my, my cover was blown, but I, I was the top two in my class and wow. I won, um, uh, iron soldier award, which is the um, highest PT score in the and still course. doing that. Yeah. Right. Still doing that. So, um, yeah. So I ended up graduating as a Sergeant and now I was going to be responsible for grown adults. I didn't think about that part. I just kind of wanted the NCO, uh, the stripes. Right, right. <laughs> so I come back um, to Monterey, and um, at that point, um, I got some soldiers put under me. And because it's non-deployable, a lot of soldiers I get put as cadre there, especially um, underneath the rank of, like, sergeant who are in leadership positions. They're people who are, like, screwed up in some kind of way, whether it's mentally, physically. And that's why they're being sent there, so mm -hmm. they don't get deployed non-deployable um, soldiers. So, yeah, so it was a whole other challenge for me, like not a physical challenge where I had to like physically keep up mm -hmm. with the males. It was like I had to- Mental, emotional type be shit. Be someone's friend and mm -hmm. parent and leader, basically. So that helped me a lot. Um, I still use that today in my industry now. I'm, I would take the leadership role and I help newcomers, like give them advice and stuff. So, yeah, it was crazy. Um, yeah. So you, wow. It's like the land of lost toys. Like everyone was broken, kind of something was wrong with them. But um, I was the one who was the highest physical training score. So I was going to help my soldiers be able be, to pass their PT test yeah. so they couldn't pass with their injuries. Or there were girls who had gotten like raped in Korea. And I'm kind of thankful my dad like got me away from there because it happens a lot in Korea. There's um, 
there's a curfew for soldiers there because they don't want situations like that to happen. Yeah. So I had to become someone else mentally and take a new role in my career. So one of the questions I had going back to the beginning was it was dad kind of stepping in getting you back to Hawaii was yeah. that a blessing or a curse? I think it was a blessing. It was it a blessing. Me. Yeah. I wouldn't have, probably would have been a machine gunner. I probably wouldn't be Kaylee Gunner, you know? Right. So I'm, I'm so thankful. Everything, like I said, a lot was thrown at me and I had to like battle a lot of shit, but it put me where I am today. And I'm so thankful. So let's talk about where you are today because there's obviously going to be a transition here into adult film. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, people and your, your, um, <clears throat> your fans and your followers. And I certainly am curious about kind of how that happened. Yeah. Uh, I have been around show business a bit, Mm -hmm. right. And the music and film industry, not adult film, but music and and show business, uh, you know, a little bit. And it's a, it can be a very rough path. I mean, there's a lot of usually having to cut your teeth and just grind and kind of do work to get there. You've already just described pretty articulately that's not a big deal for you. You know how to grind, right? And you're going to be, you're going to do whatever you got to do in any industry. Yeah, exactly. You're going to succeed. You're going to fucking be top two in your class or first on the, you know, the PT scores or marksmanship or whatever else. So I'm just curious. I mean, maybe you can just kind of talk to us a little bit about how does, how do you transition from the military, which can be very hard for people anyway, transitioning out of military into the civilian world, especially during a pandemic. Like, yeah, it's such an odd time. Like, yeah, had this been on your mind? Had you been like, because the plan was to go to school. Yeah. And so was this, talk to us about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I grew up, uh, my my mom is very religious. My dad, not so much. He's over here starting marijuana farms. And <laughs> right. I mean, that's some kind of religion. So a little bit but, of opposite ends of the spectrum yeah. there. Yeah? My mom is very religious. She put me in like a very, uh, a Baptist school growing up um, before high school. And I, it was like, you had to wear long skirts. Um, you had to pray before every meal. You had to go to Bible school. It was a lot. So, you know, those, a lot of the people in the industry who were like Mormon and were in religious environments are the freakiest, honestly. I've heard this. <laughs> Yeah, they're one of the best. They're the best performers. But um, yeah, so I grew up um, and I immediately I knew I was different than other kids because um, I was really into boys right away. I was kissing boys on the campus okay. and a Bible teacher threw chocolate kisses at me in front of everyone. This is a common tale, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he threw chocolate kisses at me in front of everyone that I knew. Oh, Okay, I'm different. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Mom's no, but, getting a phone call home yeah. from school, right? And then I get curious about my dad. Actually, I would catch him watching um, porn as a teenager. Okay. So and you were I could exposed tell, to it. Yeah, and I think that's just a part of like his issues with the mil- like his PTSD. Everything, I think, kind of revolves around that. But um, I would kind of catch him doing that, and I was like, okay, that's weird. But um, he would like shut it down really quick and then act like nothing was going on, okay. you know. But um, I don't think that's really what turned me on to it. That's freaky. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so um, I kind of knew about porn like younger, just seeing um, and being curious about it with all the kids in Bible school and like talking about it. And it made us very curious because we are not um, exposed to that kind of stuff. Well, there's another part is you're not supposed to be talking about it or even or, oh, yeah, or no, seeing no, it no. or hearing about it. Or whatever. And yeah. you're growing up in a time where it's all available kid. to you right there on your phone. Yeah, And we have the phones are yeah. a big thing. So um, my uh, dad actually had to come to the school and scare the pastor and some people to let me stay in because I was like such a rebel. But yeah, the dad, superhero. So um, that that worked out. So I got to stay at least for a little bit, make some good friends. There was, 
you make great friends in those kinds of schools, though. Good people with good morals. I grew up, um, I grew up in, you know, a secular school, yeah. it, you know, a regular, you know, school in the or city school, county school, whatever. But I had, I was actually in the Boy Scouts for a time when oh, I was a kid, right? And, okay. the, and the Boy Scout troop was attached to the church that my parents took us oh, to. Oh, okay. And there was a school attached to the church. Yeah. And some of my best friends in my early, like, formidable years, like elementary, junior high, yeah. went to that school and went to the church and, and whatever else. I learned fairly early that that was not the scene for me. Okay. I just, I had some really poor experiences in the church, which turned oh. me off to, um, I just thought there was a lot of hypocrisy. Yeah, I thought yeah. there was a lot of underhanded bullshit going on. There's a lot of backstabbing. I, yes. And so I, I kind of learned that. But the, the point of this is, is I had some really dear friends at that time. Yeah. They were really good kids, really good people mm-hmm. and good families. And so I had that same kind of exposure. So I feel you. Everyone yeah. has a different experience. I feel like with it. Oh, for, know, sure. for sure. And for especially sure. it depends how you're raised and your mind. Everyone's different. But um, so I, you're think, different. I think similarly than you. I think we're about similar. Yeah. So the same wavelength. Yeah. I think so. So the, in, in part of that is, is so you recognize you're different. Like yeah, yeah. I was calling playboy during sleepovers. Like, can I be a playboy bunny? And they're <laughs> oh, like, sure. are you 18? I'm like, oh, no, but I can be like, I'm just like being the complete rebel. That's awesome. Uh, so yeah. Oh, uh, not really. If you're, if I'm your dad, I'm so fucking pissed. But if, if but I, but I, we have to get into that because my dad knows what I do. So we'll talk okay. about that too. Uh, let's do it. Yeah. But, um, eventually, um, so I was exposed to that stuff at a young age. Um, some people are different too. Like, um, a lot of people will say, oh, it, it ruined the way I view like my sexuality or sex. And for me, it didn't, it kind of like made me feel very confident in myself. Do you mean it ruins your sexuality in terms of your connection to the act of having sex? A lot of people say that now, like okay. you'll see musicians coming out talking about how porn is like ruining. ruining their image of themselves and sex. It's all about how you view things. And really we shouldn't be exposed to that as children, but you know, shit happens like it doesn't, you know, you can't control everything that your kids see on, unfortunately, Look, whether it's on computer, whether it's on a computer, on a phone or whatever, I saw my first playboy when I was like six or seven years old yeah some people see it hanging in the garage right yeah i mean it's in again with media, it's human media, nature it's, it is you know um but anyway so yeah um my husband knew some girls who were cam girls he was definitely cheating on me for sure but um with many women okay um but so he knew some girls who were doing cam and we went over and they were like and showing me wow you're so pretty and you're in the military you should totally be jumping on this cam thing if you want to make more money because you don't make a lot of money in the military okay. so um they were teaching me camming basically and then um i never talked to them again after that but i was so curious every day i would go to my job so you didn't actually do this i did you did do it i would not yet i would okay. go to my job and i would just think man these girls are making like two grand and few hours and i'm making two grand a month like mm-hmm. it was a horrible feeling knowing that people were just doing it so easy and i was struggling door dashing after work from 5 p.m. until you work for DoorDash. Not anymore, but I did at you the did. army. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, and I did this hair pyramid scheme, and I was just like, you were just you were just trying to get paid, hustling, yeah, hustling, yep. and doing anything I could, seeing what would work, what would take off for me, because I knew I was going to get out of the military, and it was time. Like I was coming to the end of my time, and I needed there was going to have to be something match my pay or double my whatever I had to do. So, um. I tried camming and you're not supposed to be doing this kind of thing in the military. I can talk about it now, but I couldn't talk about it then, obviously. So um, I went under a different name. It was K-A-Y. I was going under that name, um, K, 
and camming, and I was making good money, more than I was making in the military. And it would, this was about my last year in. So it's coming, it's becoming a reality. Yeah, and I'm like, I can get out, go to college, easy. On with this kind of dough. Yeah, yeah. So, so to my my understanding is camming has different levels, right? Mm-hmm. There's different things going on. Maybe just talk about kind of some of the things that you were doing on your show. Yeah, um, I started scared to even show anything like i was like right. oh if someone recognizes me from the military i'm screwed and i can lose my benefits like mm-hmm. everything i worked so hard for so that's why too i waited until the end mm-hmm. when i knew um i was getting close to getting out and um uh yeah so um i eventually obviously like over time i was like i'm not making enough money like i need to be doing more i need to play the game i need to just take more clothes off or i need to do come shows or so do. are you just having a conversation with people on these shows um, yeah at yeah. first i was i mean yeah. some of this stuff could be just hanging out in your kitchen and now or, i still cam to this day and i make good money in yeah. an hour just if i have an hour downtime at night i'll do it and it's just talking like most people just want a friend like you don't even have to do all that you know the nudity or anything mm. you can even if you're topless you can make good money just talking to somebody and being their friend that's really what it is my fans were the one reason i joined the adult industry they're the reason um i learned how to pay taxes they're the, they gave me so much good advice about cars they taught me so much wow. that, yeah i didn't have a, a husband or my parents you know i kind of moved out on my own out of the military away from them in california so they were literally my best friends so this is interesting because there's a value exchange happening here beyond the money piece yeah. is what you're telling me. Uh-huh. So you're, you're making some money, mm-hmm. you're getting these experiences, but you're also building virtual relationships. Yeah, they're it's, like, Oh, you don't have furniture. We're going to send you a couch. Oh, you like, you do this for me so, so much. You're so nice to me. And no one's like, these people might not have any friends or be suicidal or they're like, you're being so nice to me. I'm going to do this for you. Did that feel weird? Um, at first, because I don't like asking people for shit because I work hard. I work my ass off and I don't want someone to say, oh, you have a sugar daddy or, oh, you do this yeah. because of this person. But it didn't because I it genuinely felt like they knew I was going to stay and come back and talk to them and be there for them and just be a friend for them. So it didn't feel weird. So I found this interesting because in this situation where you're camming, you're in control, mm-hmm. right? You control Power, your, yeah. your time. You control your value in terms when of you want to work when, who yep. there's, there's no, you're not being told. I was like, why would I become a stripper and have men touching me when I can do this from my bedroom? Right. But let's just, so safety go, of your own home, yes, right, it all felt that stuff. Very privacy, safe, a whole right. other name. The, like your neighbors don't need to know what's going uh-huh. on. Like no you, one from the military. Nobody's following you me. home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, the last, I have to mention this too, cause this is a big part of like why I, where, I, why I am where I am. The last year in the military, um, there we had a plastic surgeon near us. Okay. Um, they were an Air Force plastic surgeon because it's a, a school and a, a place of education, so they don't need a plastic surgeon on site on our base. But um, I knew I always wanted to get a boob job. Okay. So um, I talked to the doctor at our um, Monterey location, and he said, you know, actually I've never had a soldier go do this because they're all students. So I would love for you to be my guinea pig and go get a free oh, get a free one through the military instead of going out of pocket and paying twenty k somewhere. So the military's paying for the new boobs. Yeah, yeah, they're big on that. If you have any insecurity, they want their soldiers to be confident, and they will they will cover. This is news to me. Yes. So, um, so even so then, like, if you need something, 
downstairs, they will help you. So, okay. So you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm down. Uh-huh. So I yeah. was going to go to a really good California doctor and pay 20 grand. And they're like, here's a free one. And it's the Air, the Air Force is amazing. They're right. They got, they got the group, the great best doctors. People. Yeah. yeah. Best food, best doctors. So <laughs> I was like, this is. Other branches have a problem with then, that. But yeah. uh, in your case, you're like, yeah, fucking sign me up. Yeah. And so it uh, was like a win-win for me and the doctor. I was like, this is great. And again, things are just happening for me, falling in my lap. It was amazing. Um, I did work hard, though. I worked hard for everything I had. But So you're camming? Yeah. Or, or, at, this, or, at this point, I am camming because I was trying to save up for a boob job. Okay, so <laughs> the boobs come after the, the, the camming. So yeah. you, you, get the, you get the boob job. And then I saw, obviously, I didn't know any of this stuff because I think the next question is, is like, what is the, what's the transition into film? Because camming and film are very different things. And before I guess you get there, was there some kind of an escalation in this cam thing yeah. when, when you start and you realize my like friends noticed I was way more confident with my new surgery. Yeah. So um, they were like, you are killing it on cam. Like you're the number one girl and you're a great performer. Like you overdo your cam shows. They're like, you need to be doing professional. Have you thought about it? You should be reaching out to agencies. They were sending me legitimate agencies to look at. And I was so grateful because a lot of girls come in with horrible experiences, yep. just finding a random how to become AG, a porn star. Yeah, or something. Yeah. So I was very thankful for them. They're the reason I'm doing this today. Um, they believed in me. So, yeah. And I kind of was like, okay, I'm in college during COVID online. This is horrible. I hated it. I was in the army doing badass shit. Right. And now here I am Rough sitting transition. in my apartment in a brand new city. This is when I moved to um, where I am now in the Bay. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was, I knew nobody. I had no family, no friends. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm bored. I need to go and meet people that aren't online, like not on cam. Gotcha. <laughs> so I was like, let's do something different with my life. And that's when, um, I made some calls and, um, yeah, an agency was like, we'll send you to a company. You can practice, see if this is for you. And if uh-huh. you kill it, then we'll take you. So it's basically like an audition process. And then this is a whole new world for me where I have to prove myself again and kill it. I was just about to I say, yeah. Because this isn't like again, camming and and film have to be two very very different things. Definitely, I mean, you're, you're you're not. We do do virtual reality movies, which is like um the VR headsets, yeah. and that's exactly like camming. So I that's my f- I kill that stuff because it's like I'm back oh, so in front of a this. cam uh, screen. So and it's just you solo. Uh, you have like a man laying there, or you can do solo. Okay, so let's go back to the cam thing for for a second oh, yeah, too. Yeah. So are you? Are you solo in all this stuff? Yeah, yeah, I never. So there was never any any other females or any other males in these in these cam shows. Nope. Um, The last man I was with was my husband from like over a year ago. Yeah. At that point. Okay. So then you, it's time you're. I'm divorced at this point. I'm like, what do I have to lose if I want to do something like this and put myself out there on the internet? I'm gonna be fucking good, and I'm gonna do it now before I lose my opportunity. You're on the clock, right? Yeah. I mean, you're on the clock. Uh-huh. You can't do this. I can't get a bottle service job. I can't do some random strip job. There, the pandemic was happening. I was like, this is the only way for me to stay in this industry that I was in, like kind of dipping my toe in mm-hmm. and also um, meet people and talk to people face to face and make money. You know? So you you had some influences there and they said, hey, you're doing a really good job. Yes. And yes. they connect you with an agency. Yes. So let's go back because you just mentioned like there's a lot of horror stories out there apparently where yeah. people have gotten just like, Horrible. this is not a legit agency yeah. or it is an agency the and industry, the shit that they're doing is yeah. awful. It's bad people doing bad things to just people. Just like how I said, there can be bad people or good yep. people in the military and just the same thing here. So, and I... And I would imagine if you're getting connected with a with a decent agency, whatever yep. that means in the industry, I have no clue what that means. 
there's a vetting process that goes on here, right? Obviously you have to show that you can perform. Yes. So, so there's that, but there's gotta be like, what's the, the lead up to this? You, you just write them an email or. Yeah, like, it was that easy. I like, was talking about it. Like, yeah. Uh, they were like, um, here's some, uh, there's, I'll name some Spiegler, um, next level. Uh, Spiegler was a big one. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but. Um, I don't. He I had not. like the, he has the top stars. So I knew like when I emailed him, he wasn't going to take me. And I was, I was telling all these agencies, I've never done this before. I only want to do girls. I'm scared. Okay. So you put some limitations, but look yeah. back. like you've been crushing everything up until this point. And you know, I just heard you say like, you knew he wasn't going to take you. Why would you think like that? Like, why would that change? All because I've never, I don't have any proof of me ever being on camera okay. doing You don't this. have a product yet. Yes. Yeah, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to work my way to get into his agency. So okay. I, I, that was a big plan for me. My first year, I was like, I'm going to start with whoever will ask. take me. And that, then whatever shit I have to go through, I can handle it. I've been through worse. And I know someday I'll be able, if it, this is for me, then maybe they'll take me. So I just took the first agency that was like, yes. Okay. And, but I made sure I went on, um, it's called AVN. Um, I went on, it's like an adult website. Uh-huh. They do the award shows. I went on their website and looked at the list of agencies. I didn't just listen to my fans just in case mm-hmm. they did give me good, reliable sources, but I went and looked at the list of the top winning agencies basically. And I just went down the list, emailed them. And that's when, um, my first agency next level, they got back to me and, they were like, you know, we take a lot of new girls. We would be perfect for you, but we want to make sure that you can be Perform. a good product for us. Right. Yes, basically. It's just, just like the military when I sold my body to be a weapon. This was like, I was a product. That's, how you, were, yep. that's how you were reviewing it. That's interesting. I'm, I am a business, so. Yeah, and yeah. that's exactly. So, yeah, and you have to look at it like that yeah. still. So, um, I mean, you had, you just said you hadn't been with another man until, mm-hmm. or since the the divorce right yes, or since, since yeah. you dropped him off the airport and never yeah. saw him or talked to him again so, so like wh- how is this like i mean company and, yeah yeah how's the company and how's the 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 interaction i mean right. so you the, know you're go- you know what you're going down there for what's the mindset that was the bravest besides joining the military that was the second bravest thing i've ever done was going to a, they flew me out paid for my flight in a hotel and flew okay. me out to a random state to do this with a random person with strangers that I, I never it's gonna met. It's going to be scary. Yeah. Um, it was definitely brave of me for sure. Um, it could have been a dumb decision or it could have been a great decision, but so far it's worked out. <laughs> I don't suggest people just meet up with strangers, you know, and do this because there can be some sketchy people um, faking that they're a company, mm-hmm. but at least I went through an agency first and I didn't just go try to shoot a random porno gotcha. on someone's couch. Right. <laughs> So Which, I felt safer that I was going through someone and um, I had signed legal documents to make sure I'd be safe. Okay. So there's, even though I was going by myself again, it's a business, it's right? It's a business. Yes. And that started opening my eyes that this isn't just some sketchy shit going on, but I go out there, I fucking give the best performance I could ever give. Um, and I do two back to back because they liked me. So they kept, they were ready day. to pay, pay you or whatever. They for paid the me more than they were supposed to pay me. And um, I was, Actually, my throat closed because I wasn't used to performing that much or doing that kind of thing with my body. Yep. So I, when I, when I flew back home, I was like, I'm never doing this again. Oh, really? Yeah. I couldn't drink water. I had to get an IV because my throat closed up so bad. I don't know what it was, but I, I put my body through the ringer, basically. And then a couple of weeks later, I kind of missed it. And I was back to being alone and being in my COVID apartment, uh-huh. <laughs> talking to my cam fans. And... My, this agency calls me and I haven't heard from them since I did the scenes. Okay. So same agency, not a yeah, different one. Same, same one. And they're like, can you come to LA tomorrow and do a photo shoot and sign a contract? Mm. And I'm like, uh, and they're like, yeah, the scene is amazing. And it went super popular. 
Okay. Um, so um, I was like, yeah, yeah, this is a, like a super, I've never done a photo shoot before. And so I flew out and then there was a veteran porn star there and she kind of like showed me how to pose and. Took you under a wing a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So that was so, I'm just very grateful. And now I try to do that for other girls coming in because I had such a good experience. So that goes back to what you were saying about, you know, kind of your experience in Monterey and having to be an adult, yeah. you know, managing adults and their, their issues. And now you're getting sort of the same experience in return. Yeah. Um, I imagine that's really important because, and I will, I don't know if this is any, fair to even compare, but I, I will say this, like I know people um, actually, well, I'm not going to drop names, but I, I know, I know people in the, in the professional sports world, particularly in the NFL mm-hmm. that help, you know, NFL players transition in and transition out because it's such a, can be such an overwhelming, overwhelming process. Definitely. I don't think a lot of people think about that. I feel like this job, I'm not, in no means, I don't think I'm an athlete, but we put our bodies through so much that you need like a chiropractor. You need to like take care of yourself um, and your parts. Like you have to just be so There's able some self-care to, that goes on Because it's a performance there. you're doing. Yeah. It's not real. It's not for pleasure for us. It's for pleasure for the viewer. Yeah. So we're just trying to, I'm basically in a circus and I'm doing all kinds of different things with my body. That's not natural or that's not how sex should normally be, but we're putting on a fantasy for people, you know, it's a business like we said. Yeah. So going, going, going to that, I mean, let's go, kind of go back to the beginning stages. You do this audition, you're, you go home, you're there a couple of weeks, you get this next, um, you get this phone call to do this modeling shoot, yeah, yeah, right? this yeah. photo shoot. What if anything, I mean, I imagine, you know, what's happening to you physically is a bit of a shock, uh-huh. but are there any other things that are catch you sort of off guard, like in the, in this process or was it pretty well spelled out for you? And so these people that were the agents, like yeah. own the agency, they were veteran performers. So they've been in for like 20 years, male performers. Um, so I felt very safe. Like no one ever made me feel, no one was ever creepy in any way. And there were other girls that were doing the photo shoot as well. Okay. It was a shock for me because I was like, fuck, I, I've never modeled before. Like now I have to really stay in the gym and like make sure I look good all the time. And there's new pressures. Was, it was new pressures. Cause in the, in the military, you're wearing a uniform. Like you don't care if I have makeup on, if you, how your hair really looks. It's a little bit more forgiving. The field. Yeah. So this was definitely another culture shock for me, <laughs> a whole new environment. Um, and I just had to adapt to it. So anything that, you know, that's happened, you know, I guess maybe in the beginning or since, cause it's, it's not been a long time. It's been what a year, a uh, year and a half. Yeah. So yeah. a little over a year, anything where you're just like, no, no, no. that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Cause okay. So like I said, people are going to have awful stories about the porn, just like they are in the military because you can't control what happens to you. Like I just haven't been through anything like that yet, but uh-huh. I've learned I'm not an 18 year old naive girl. I've been through some shit. Like mm-hmm. I know, I can say no to things. I'm the boss. Like my agents work for me. For yeah, they, they work for me. And um, I can say yes or no. Like, um, do you want to do a gangbang with five guys? No. Why would I want to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, that's just me personally. Um, it's great if girls do those things, but it's just for me, I'm not ready for that. Yeah, gotcha. But you're able to say yes or no to things and you don't have to feel pressured to please anyone. Um, if you want to make this a career and go far, you need to be able to stand up for yourself. This goes back to self-advocating, treating it like a business. Uh, There's contractual things that are involved there and you walk in or on set and it is a business. Yeah, exactly. Maybe talk about the business a little bit and kind of what that's like, uh, you know, walking on set and all the things that are going on around you outside of the actual scene. Right. So, 
I mean, what's the, again, I've been around show business a little bit. I've been around some video shoots, yeah. music video shoots, um, some commercial type stuff. Yeah. And I, I remember being shocked the first couple of times going, damn, there's a lot of people yeah, here. So I mean, there's like people everywhere on yeah, these things. Okay. So the agency is the booker, right? So they're yeah. the ones um, who are kind of have to be the bad guys sometimes and say no to companies that want to hire me. Okay. So the companies go through them first and then my agency asks me if I want to do something. And then you get the final say. Yes. Okay. So, um, Oh, so you're not contractually obligated to do X amount of films per year or anything like nope, a, maybe like a, a music artist. Yeah. Some agencies might require a contract. Like we want you to stay with us on contract. You can only shoot for with our, booking through our agency for two years or one year, but some agencies don't and it's no pressure on the performer. Okay. So okay. it just depends on what agency you choose. But um, yeah, so sometimes you'll go on set and I learned this, there won't be a makeup artist. Um, there you kind of have just have to show up with whatever you know how to do with your face. Okay. Um, uh, they don't provide wardrobes. So you have to go out of pocket and pay for lingerie and outfits that you can only wear for this one movie. Cause you can't do it two times. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then um, there'll be like either one person on set and it's the guy you're shooting with and he's just kind of filming it while you do your thing. Or you're with like 10 people on set. There's a personal assistant. I've been on a set where we were there for like 12 days, 12 hours. Sorry. Because it's uh, a very scripted movie, so it, it's uh, acting, right? Yep. So it's a lot of script, um, and there'll be a ton of people there. And there was a lady like who has a leaf blower blowing your hair for photos, following <laughs> you around with a leaf blow. I've been on some crazy sets, okay. um, and then some that are just you and a random guy, and you just show up and do your thing. I'm yeah. a lot pickier nowadays. Like after I've been in for a minute, I know like I don't have to shoot with a random old man on a couch. I can choose who I want to shoot with and whatever makes me happy. And yeah, I want to keep this as a career. So there's some kind of a negotiation process. Sometimes it happens like, yes, I will do the shoot. Here are my contingencies. Yes. These are the people I love to work with. I, I have great chemistry with. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are the people I will never work with again. Um, you have like a no list and a yes list. And um, when you're on set, you also, a lot of fans don't know this, but you're able to talk to each other first and tell you like, what are you not comfortable with? Right. Cause I'm not going to, choke you or slap you in the face if you're not comfortable with that boundaries yeah. yes so it's it's literally a business none of it is for our pleasure it's for the, the viewer yeah i think it's important for people to hear mm-hmm. i want to go back to the word i used before because i think this can be easily done i mean you're you're playing a character yeah right in this in these scenes right and yeah. you're it's your brand uh-huh. right and, and who you are in in film and we're going back to this the we were comparing the military operator as as they're dehumanized, yes, you know, yeah. and I can see that as being, um, I mean, if we're being really honest, I can see that happening in the industry, yep, right? I see it too, you know, yeah. and the, yeah. the damage that that can do uh-huh. is people getting wrapped around their, maybe their character. That's why I don't live in LA. That's yeah. So talk I, about, talk about that. Um, I, I'm still fresh. So I see some people really thrive out there, you know, like they have a bunch of things going on, but they have way more opportunities coming at them than I probably do because I'm only there so many times a month. But um, I still live here. Um, I just haven't left yet. I definitely plan on it because it just doesn't make sense anymore. The for travel. Me. Yeah, the travel, How? the hotels, the Ubers, the food. Um, it's hard to do have a good fitness routine. Stay on, yeah, stay on track. Yeah, yeah. that's been frustrating. So I'm going to eventually relocate out there. But I've just been kind of standoffish because I see people go down a wrong path. I see them partying with all the porn stars a lot or rappers or players like um, NFL and all that. It's a rough lifestyle. Yeah, and everyone wants that. Um, you're kind of you. Uh, to me, I am a business, but to some people, they're um, clout. They're like, 
oh, I'm a porn star. We should totally hang out with these influencers. <laughs> right. And right. it's just not, it, there needs to be a balance because you can get, I see people getting onto different kinds of drugs and you can't come onto set, by the way, with um, any alcohol or drugs in your system or you, oh, that's interesting. you yeah. will get blacklisted and you won't be able to shoot anymore. Um, we actually have to get um, videoed before every shoot we do saying, are you on any drugs or any alcohol? We have to say no. Wow. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're running, a, they're running a tight ship, yeah. at least in the, with the people that you're working with. Yes, um, right. exactly. So yeah, um, eventually I'll make my way out there. But for the beginning, I wanted to just build my brand, see if this was a possibility for me. And so far it's taking off. I was nominated for Best New Starlet. And I was just going to get to that. Yeah, like I it's more than taking off. I didn't off. win. Yeah. I didn't win it, but it's, it's okay. At least I was nominated. That's a huge honor, especially for a girl who was in the military a year and a half ago, not knowing how to do a photo shoot. Right. I mean, that's, a, those are, those are accomplishments. I mean, you're yeah. doing what you set out to do to be, to be the best, right? Yes, and, exactly. And I don't know how many first time nominees actually win the thing. I'm not familiar with that. I mean, I do know about the AVN awards. Yeah, um, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's yeah. a huge deal in the industry. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of a celebration it's and an it's also big business, Yeah. right? I mean, you get nominated, mm -hmm. right? That just pushes the stock a little higher yeah, right? exactly. in the brand, right? Uh, we haven't had an in-person one. It's because of COVID. It's all really been online. Yeah. Um, we did do, I did my first convention. I don't know if I'll do those again unless they're like very large because just for me, it's not worth all the travel and the time. It, where is this? You just kind of show and tell kind of just show and, you know, show your brand and your fans can meet you there in person. Gotcha. I actually had um, Callaway Cook. He was my security guard. Oh, that's so, awesome. I'm sure Cal loved amazing. that. Yeah, <laughs> oh, Cal. I yeah, he, he was there it. to scare everyone. So it was the perfect <laughs> convention first experience for me. I didn't feel uncomfortable at all. Oh, good, yeah. good. Well, I mean, I think maybe some of the other questions I would have would be, you, you just kind of mentioned the lifestyle and the choices that you've made um, to keep, you know, separate the, the business from life and, yeah. and making good sense and good decisions yeah. kind of in, in everything that's happened. And it's been a short period of time. Seems I honestly think the military, like I, I couldn't I, I was just going to say, yeah, I had to be on my shit. If I wanted to get good physical training score, I couldn't be drinking too much. Yeah. I was like on my shit in the military. So that like rolled over for sure into this industry. I'm just, and I'm I show up on time for things like it's, it seems very controlled, which, yeah. which is again, a little interesting, more interesting than anything else for me mm -hmm. in terms of how, how you got, I mean, you're, you're very put together with regard to your thought processes and how you're going through things. It's all very planned. It's all very structured. Um, mm -hmm. There's a certain amount of drive, right? And you're yeah. responsible for your brand, how you want your brand to be perceived or how you want it to take off is all on you. Right. No one's, your agency is only there to help you with bookings. You're independent. You're fully responsible yeah. for everything that happens. And there's a certain amount of integrity that comes with that. And yes. you're clearly managing that at this point. Um, I wonder, you know, some of the questions I would have, you know, I went back, I made the dad comment earlier about you, you know, kissing boys and being, oh, yeah. you know, and all that stuff. Yeah. So um, how, how has this impacted? I mean, even though you don't live in LA and you're not in the heat of it, which obviously is, you know, kind of the, the capital, yeah. right? At least here on the West coast. Um, how is it, how do these things impact your, your, your lifestyle or your life? I mean, eventually you don't get nominated for the, if you've been keeping it secret, mm -hmm. You can't keep it secret for too long because yeah. it's going to get out. So how has that impacted your life? As my personal life? Yeah. Um, yeah. It honestly, um, I think it hasn't in a negative way. I've had soldiers reach out to me and say things like, we're so fucking proud of you, That's Sergeant. Awesome. Yeah. We're so proud. They're like, you're amazing. I think, and then my dad, he found out, um, he followed, I'm with a new agency now and they are the best of the best. Like they're, 
um, they put you face to face with AVN and XBiz and companies that really matter. And we, I have never seen any agency do that. They have a whole a manor in LA that they have everyone meet up at once a month. And we do like social gatherings with companies face to face. And I had to get on this train and hop over to this age. I was like, Spiegler was the one who wouldn't take me in the beginning. This is it. And you're, and you're there now. Um, and I'm not with him. Um, he, this, this agency out of nowhere just took off. So I'm kind of grateful that Great. I'm with who I am now with Motley models. Yeah. They're amazing. They're killing it in this industry. Outstanding. Big plug. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. No, we were talking about, Oh, you my know, dad. Yeah, your dad. He and follows their agency Instagram. My dad is a little, he loves women. <laughs> well, you mentioned that earlier, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So he, I, I didn't know he followed them. So I kind of kept it a secret for a year. And then a couple months ago, he was like, are you doing XXX? And I was like, I didn't, I didn't respond. I didn't know oh, what to say. Man. I was like. Wait, is this by text? Yeah. So you get the text message from are dad. Are doing XXX? And I'm like, um. Do I respond? So I just kind of like ignored it for a day. And yeah, I was just going to say, how long do you sit on that question before you respond? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my God. So a day late, cause I, you know, he's my dad. He's like my best friend. I don't want to disappoint right. him. Or, I've been trying to make him proud this whole time. I didn't want to disappoint him. Yeah. So a day later, um, he sees I'm not responding and he texts me, listen, no matter what the fuck you do, you kill everything you do. You're the best of the best at everything. Yep. Everything you touch turns into gold. He's like hyping me up. And he's like, um, I'm so fucking proud of you. I see you're nominated for awards. I think, honestly, if I wasn't doing well, he would be mad. But since <laughs> I'm doing good, he's like, keep it up, girl. <laughs> That's so awesome. That's great. he's like my biggest supporter, and it's amazing. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, he's very open to it. So, um, yeah, I text him all the time about things. I don't get into detail because he's my dad. Yeah, sure. But I'll tell him, like, you know, um, I worked with this girl. He's like, oh, I love her. Tell her to say hi. I'm like, dad. <laughs> so he's fan, he's fanboying you yes, a little bit, too. Yes. That's fantastic. I love that. Biggest fan. Oh, that's great. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, just in, I guess the, the next question would be, like, that's kind of a, a peek into, I mean, and like you said, it's been a positive, it's thing, been a positive thing. Knowing, yeah. And the only times one person was rude to me, was someone who tried to screw me in the military while I was married and he got mad. I could tell he was um, because upset because yeah, I never screwed him. Right. So he texts me like, Oh, a machine gunner, huh? Cause he taught me how to use a machine. He was the oh one boy. who trained me on a machine gun. So yeah. he was the only one who was ever rude, but that I'll take it. Like everyone else is so supportive. Like that. Mm, I don't have time for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Like, why would you? At this point, it sounds like you're busy doing your thing and being successful. Yeah, that doesn't affect anything going on. So I think the next question would be like, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask okay. it, and I'd love to hear your answers. Like, where do you go from here? Like, it's, it's, you're fresh into this, like you said. Everywhere. You're, no. you're 18 months. Yeah. I mean, is yeah. it fucking world domination for you, or what is, yeah. what is the, the goal? The beauty of this is, I did start. I still, I feel like I'm 25. I just turned 25. I still feel like I have so much time to do, live so many different lives. Like, if I could do the military and transition to this, what's next? You know, I'm just open to new opportunities and I have a lot planned this year. I just want to give the best performances I can give and see. I'm relocating to LA and just see what opportunities kind of like come towards me. And mm -hmm. I'm just going to take them head on and I love see it. what happens. Yeah. So just plan to no move forward. No matter what happens. Yeah. We'll just see where I end up. But I know every time I take a new opportunity on, it's always better than the last one. So what are your fans like most curious about? Do you think just about you? And I mean, what do they, what do they ask you the most? And you know, you got a little bit of a platform here, a little bit different platform to talk about it. Yeah. You know, what are the things that they ask you about the most? And, how do you answer those questions? Well, um, they mostly ask me, um, you know, I am their uh, fantasy for them. So sure. they ask me a lot of 
uh sexual questions sure. mostly but i i'll answer that makes sense. Yeah, yeah i'll answer whatever they have i'm very open with them they know about my military past they know everything about me so yeah that's mostly what that's I really really questions. really good but they they also to. like to push me and like business wise like um they're like you should write a book you should do different things while you're in or um go into mainstream acting and they'll like help push me in ways too so I have that coming soon. Yeah, a book a sounds of, like a fucking great idea. Yeah, it's going to be killer. So I'm working on that this year. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, so those are my next steps. I'm just focusing on crushing this year in the adult industry and then my book. And right. then um, just trying to hop into some mainstream opportunities. My agency also books for mainstream acting. So that's perfect. Oh, cool. Yeah, so we'll just see where this year takes me. But I'm going to fucking work my ass off. So in working your ass off and, yeah. and just kind of like thinking about the work that's out there, you choose what's realistic for you in terms of, I don't know how many films a year. I mean, do you look at it that way? Oh gosh, I don't even know. I don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> that's like asking what someone's body count is in a way. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. Even like, though it's business. It's I, business, right? I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure a lot. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, in a year and a half I've been working, like, I feel like I'm doing something every day, but whether it's a scene or, camming or only fans okay. only fans oh my god that's an amazing thing i'm so thankful for that by the way but yeah when i first joined i had no money i was a college student making um my gi bill pension which wasn't a lot i was just being able to barely afford rent and a few groceries so i had um my little honda civic and i would drive to la every day and then drive home and i would drive all the way six hours just for a scene and this was during the beginning of covid too so there were COVID tests, at a, it's called talent testing. It's a place that okay. talent tests at in LA. I had to drive um, all the way to LA, get tested, COVID tested, drive all the way home, work out with Jordan Cook. Right. And then the next day drive back for my scene because you have to have a 24 hour COVID test, but I couldn't afford like to stay at a hotel or anything. Yeah. Holy shit. Yep. I was like, I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather work out with Paragon Body than afford a hotel. <laughs> that's a sacrifice but yeah i i fucking worked my ass off to get where i am today so i I didn't take like the um typical route i didn't just like move to la right away i wanted to make sure it was something that was going to take off for me before i put my whole life into it Yeah, man that's that's a smart move i i understand you just had a calendar shoot too oh we fuck yeah (laughs) yeah i did i did a calendar last minute last year i think i put it out in like march which was way too late for a calendar but um i just wanted to how I've always wanted to do that. Like who doesn't want to be the girl hang up on someone's garage or like, you know, so I did one last year, but this year I was like, I'm going to go all out. Like I want to do my dream calendar. I thought about this, like when I was in the military, I never thought I would be where I am, but I knew if I was ever an influencer or Instagram model or something ever turned out for me, I wanted like a military style calendar. Okay. So that's the theme. Yeah. So I did a gunner 2022 calendar and I'm so proud of it. I flew to Nashville, shot with an amazing weapon. He's like a weapons photographer. And then um, I shot with an amazing photographer in San Francisco just for my calendar. I like traveled everywhere. So it came out good. I'm very proud of it. Well, where can your fans or me go get it? Yes, you guys can find it um, on KayleeGunnerFans.com. All right. Yes. Cool. That's uh, okay. So that's the website. And then you got the Instagram. Yes. Right. And so what's that? What's the handle on that again? Kaylee Gunner. And as well as Twitter. And I actually just dropped my first line of merch today. So you guys can get that on fangear.com. Talk about that. What's that? What's the merch? Oh, yeah. 
so um, I have a bunch of items, like literally anything you can think of. Like, oh, you need some coasters, actually. So you should take. You should get some gutter <laughs> coasters. All right, you got some Kaylee gutter. Yeah, coasters? I got some coasters. I'm on it. I've got anything I'm on you it. can think of. <laughs> so if you hop on that website, there's a ton of merch. Okay. It's my first line, so I'm excited about it. Cool. Yeah. Um, Tons of new things coming. This yeah. Time. Anything out outside of the uh, the industry that that you're working in that you're looking to accomplish? I mean, or is, are you just fucking head down, like focused? This is it for me. I am one thousand one hundred and ten percent in. Or are you doing things outside of the industry that you know? I don't know. Picking up a new skill. Yeah. You know what? What else is going on for you right now? Oh, and I am so such a workaholic. I'm so boring. I wish there was something else going on, but right now I'm just focusing on relocating and just hustling this year and giving the best performances I can give. And then when I feel like I'm ready, I'm going to step into something new, but I want that. I don't want to force anything. I want to kind of just go with where this um, is taking me and see what happens. Yeah. There's the true entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, all the people that I have sitting in that chair over there are all, you know, the same way. And, yeah. and a lot of people might look at it and go, that's just weird. Like, that sounds boring. You must be boring. You know, no. you're in a different industry than a lot of people would, would probably ever imagine they'd, they'd find themselves in. But yeah, if I forced things, I would end up in Korea. I'd probably, I don't know where I would be. I'd probably still be in the military with body aches and issues and who knows where I would be, you know, not that that's a bad decision but it's just not the decision that makes me happy and sure. i'm very happy where i am good for you, thank you. keep yeah. doing that <laughs> you're welcome and thank you for coming down tonight thank you did we go overtime no we're fucking right on oh I, yay I, yeah we're no we're doing great i okay, mean great. Uh, this has been an amazing conversation i mean it's been insightful your story is amazing thank I you mean, i always love having people sit here and just tell the story so matter of fact about the fact that they're working their asses off you know, to get to where they're at and they're yeah. focused. They, they know what they want. They don't accept really no for an answer, you know, and if they get it, they'll find a way to find a yes out of it somehow. Um, they're, they're planned They're and they're, they're just kind of ravenous for success. Yeah. And I get that about you. Iron sights, man. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it all comes back to that. Exactly. It comes back to that. So I can't thank you enough for coming down and, and hanging out and sharing that stuff. I'm so glad that we did this. I am too. And yeah. I, and I, and I'm, I'm You're my anxious. first real, this is the only place I've actually gotten to really tell my story. So I really appreciate, I really appreciate it. Uh, you're I'm so going to have all my fans come and watch it. I'm going to force them. to. <laughs> well, I hope, <laughs> I hope, I hope they find value in it. Like I found in it. And um, I have to, I have to be honest. I really think they will. I mean, I, going back to the whole, you know, who's on film versus who the person is. Um, I think you just did a really good job of kind of explaining who you are and what, you, what you're about. And, um, it was the bourbon. I'm proud of you for doing cheers. it. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks again for coming down. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of iron sights. If you enjoyed our conversation, you can support our mission by hitting the subscribe button, leaving a review and sharing the podcast with a friend. I'll see you on the next episode.